0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. to Love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Thank you guys for your heart to serve and to serve the people. Thank you worship team for serving tonight. So appreciate that. Amen. And if you didn't have one, if you'd like to get one, we've been making these available on Wednesday nights. It's just midweek message notes and so therefore it can help you just kind of, uh, write some things down, help you keep you on track, give you some things to to refer to or look back over. And so uh, therefore if you want one, uh, just raise your hand and ushers or somebody will serve you. But if you You already got one, just take some notes, all right? So we're going to really jump into some things tonight, and I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. Tonight's going to be one of those nights where it's really going to be a Bible study, and it's really going to help us lean into some things, because just as those songs that we were singing, going into the presence of God, growing more intimately acquainted with Him, going to the left or to the right. And I know for some of us, we might think that is a quirky song. I have a hard time doing that one because you go to the left and you go to the right, you jump, jump. And really what that's doing is kind of helping you get out of your comfort zone. But when God is leading, we've got to be able to discern his voice when he says, go to the left, when he says, go to the right. And if you're acquainted with him, you will begin to identify and know His voice, and knowing His voice gives you the advantage over every other person on the, planet of the, uh, on the planet. And there are so many people that are Christians but don't know the voice of God. You know, there's a lot of criticism that has uh, been on our vice president as of late, You know, those that even call themselves Christians and they'll say, well, you know, our vice president says that, you know, Jesus talks to him. And they really ridicule him for that. Well, if you're a Christian and you're not talking to Jesus or Jesus isn't talking to you, there's something wrong. And there's a breakdown in the communication because Jesus wants to talk to you on a regular basis. Amen. And so you might know about him, but I want you to become acquainted and knowing him and so that's what these evenings are about and and just to kind of give you an idea as to what that can look like and how easy it can be to step into that uh, there's a pastor friend of mine in fact if you were here for our grand opening pastor jerry wine he took up the offering do you remember him real thin guy real clean cut guy you know just preppy dude you don't remember him? Well, anyways, uh, he pastors a church down in Sterling Heights. I teach at his Bible college. And he was just teaching a couple weeks ago at Rama Bible College out in Oklahoma. He'll go out there and he'll minister to the students that are training for ministry. And so uh, just a couple weeks ago, he was talking to them about being familiar with the voice of the Holy Spirit and being able to give direction or help people. And just how easy it is and the advantage that we have as believers to know His voice. And He says, it's a whole lot easier than you think. And He says, for that matter, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. And He says, you can just exhort somebody for the sake of being a blessing to them and encouraging them. And really, it's the Holy Spirit working through you. And it doesn't have to be all spooky. It don't have to be weird. It's just God using you. And you just giving place to you know, give them a word of encouragement. And so he says, so for example. Now he didn't he said, I didn't have any unction by the Holy Spirit. He said, I just stepped out and he says, There was a young man on the front row here. And he says, What's your name? And he told him his name. He says, this for the sake of the name, his name is Bob. He says, Bob, he says, God has made you. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And so therefore, God's got great things for you. And he's going to use you mightily. Because the things that are in you and the way that he designed you is exactly the way he planned it to be. He'll use you greatly. And he said, Mozambique is the right decision. He said, I had no idea why I said that last part. He said, after the class, he says, that young man came up to him afterwards and he says, oh my God. Gosh, he says, my girlfriend just broke up with me last week because I have a more timid personality. And what she broke up with me for, she said, the way you are, the way your makeup is, God couldn't ever use you to do anything significant. And I know God's called me to do something significant. And therefore, I don't want to be with you. And he said, and you know, the most wildest thing he says, after I graduate this year, I've going to Mozambique. <laughs> so what am I saying? I'm talking about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit that it is so commonplace to know His voice that sometimes you even think it's you. And we as believers have an, an advantage, have... Uh, What's the word I'm trying to use? You just have something that others don't. Have you ever seen those individuals that you think, you know what? You just got it good. I've I've struggled. I've done this. And, you know, you've, you've just got all the privileges. And if I was you, certainly I'd have what you have. As believers that know how to hear God's voice and know the person of the Holy Spirit... That's exactly how we should be in the body of Christ and how there are those within the body of Christ that it just seems like everything goes their way. Does, does bad things happen? Sure. But I just know God. And He gives me direction. He gives me input. He speaks into my life. And so I just trust Him and follow Him. Amen? And so that's what these evenings are about, is becoming more acquainted with him. And I guarantee you, there's going to be some things that start taking place in your life that people are going to take notice of. And they're going to say, I want what you have. I want to live the life that you live. And therefore, you're going to start seeing these Wednesday nights continue to grow because of the anointing, the power of God, and the presence of God that is functioning in our lives. And you say, well, I know you've said that before. Well, we're in a new season. And if you don't believe me, you just hide and watch, all right? Because it's coming to pass. I'm telling you, God's moving in a new day in a new way, and this is going to be a year like no other. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to share some things with you tonight. And there's actually three biblical principles that we're going to touch on. And everything that I share on is really leading us to the latter part of my message to make my point but i want to share these fundamental uh, truths with you if you will that will build upon another that will help you see where we're going and the reason why we concluded or got to the place that we did all right so if you have your bible you can turn i've just got my notes here so i'll probably go pretty quick if you want to write them down you can just go back for your further study and obviously that's wisdom Don't take my word for anything. You go back and do your own study yourself. Amen. In fact, we talked about the advantage that we have as believers. Did you realize that we as believers have been given a book that's really God speaking to us? And this word, he says, this word is forever settled in heaven. He says, this is his promise and it's forever settled and his promises are yes and amen. But how many believers do not read this book? Right? I mean, it's like... (laughs) I'm going to be, I'm going to just talk real straight right now, so forgive me. But you know how they they make this statement that says, well, you know, if you didn't vote, don't complain about who's in the office. You know, just shut up. Well, if you don't read this book and you don't like the way your life looks, shut up. (laughs) Again, I know that's real straightforward, but this book will put you over. It'll help you know God, Right? And if you're not spending any time praying and talking to God, don't think that you'll know him in the desperate times of life. Because it's in the quiet times, in the good times, that you just begin to have that consistent fellowship with God that you you begin to know his leading and his voice. And so in the challenging times, it's the same voice that you're familiar with, right? So when somebody else says, man, God said, and you're like, well, uh, God never told me nothing. Well, then it means that you've not been praying, right? And so as believers, man, we've got to stop just having our head in the sand. We've got to stop living on yesterday's manna, right? You know what I mean by that? You know, God says, you can't just store up manna for yourself. He says, if you store it up, he says, it will rot on you. And so many Christians live on yesterday's revelation or the message that they learned five years ago, and they've been regurgitating that, and it's gotten stale, and it's gotten old, and God says, I need to talk to you today. Amen. Well, that was good preaching anyway, so praise the Lord. All right. So, the first thing that I want to share with you, or the first principle, we begin to see with... The Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, the Bible talks about him having a revelation that he received from God. And when you study the Greek, and really from a theological standpoint, what it's called called is Paul's revelation of pneuma. It's a Greek word that refers to the spirit of a man. Paul had this revelation concerning who we truly are. Remember, Paul said this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So he identified that the real you and me is spirit. To be absent from this earth suit is to be present with the Lord. And so Paul has has taught or has given given us this understanding or brought our awareness to the fact that there are three parts of a human being in fact Jesus said this in mark chapter 12 he says love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength so the heart is translated as spirit your soul is translated as your mind your will and your emotions and your strength is your physical fortitude so once again, even Jesus himself said, listen, there's three parts to who we are. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, I pray that God, or I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, he's identifying that we as individuals are a spirit that possesses a soul, and we live in a physical body. How many of you know this physical body is wearing out? Right? Some of you might be further down the road than some of the others, and you're like, yeah, my, my house is a little more worn than yours, right? It's just the natural man. Right? And so, once again, he's identifying. He says, I want you to be preserved until Jesus comes or uh, until you go home to be the Lord. He says that you'll be preserved spiritually in your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your physical body. So, there is this side of us that Paul identifies that we should function out of, and that is our spirit man. Okay? So with that being said, I want to draw your attention or cause you to reflect on Jesus for just a minute. And in doing so, I want you to ask, answer the question, when Jesus died, what part of Jesus died first? Did his physical body die first or did his spirit man die first? Any thoughts? Come on, just throw something at me. Was what? His physical body? Anybody else say physical body? Some of you say, I don't know. I'm not going to raise my hand. (laughs) All right. Well, let me answer the question. Jesus was without sin, correct? And sin was the only thing that caused man to die in the first place, right? So if Jesus was without sin could he have physically died? No, he couldn't. Because the only way a person can die physically is if they have sin within their body. In fact, if you recall, the Bible says this over in John's gospel, chapter 10, verse 17 through 18, Jesus is speaking. He says, therefore, my father loves me. And because I laid down my life, that I might take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This command I I have received from my father. Right? So, he said, no man can take my life. The only way that my life can be taken is if I lay it down. Right? Even with him hanging on the cross... He was alive. But then the Bible says that he became sin for us. And sin came upon him. And in that moment, remember, he says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was because now in this moment, sin came upon his spirit and spiritual death entered into his body. Right? And he says, I give my spirit over to you. I commit my spirit to you, God. And then the Bible says, he said, it's finished. And he gave it up. Right? Are you tracking with me? So there was a physical death that took place. But the spirit side of Christ had to die first in order for the natural man to die. If the spirit man never Had spiritual death or sin tainted, he would have never died physically. Are you tracking with me? So, let's go back to the garden. Remember Adam and and Eve? Were they designed to live forever? Absolutely. Why? Because God made them eternal beings. When was it that they died? The moment... That they sinned. And you remember what happened? The Bible says that God told them, don't eat of this tree. For if you do, you'll surely die. And Eve even said that. God says, if we eat it, we'll die. Right? Did they partake of the fruit? They did. Did they drop dead on the spot? No. The first death was spiritual. Death entered or infected the spirit man, which affected the natural man. Had the spirit man not been tainted with sin or experiencing spiritual death, the natural man would have lived forever. Now, that's the point that I want you to understand, that the physical man is connected to the spiritual man. And to the degree of the health or the nature of your spiritual man will affect, or excuse me, the the health of your spiritual man will affect the natural man. Are you tracking with me? Okay, so let me give you an example. In Romans chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says, With the heart or the spirit man believes and confession is made unto salvation. So what happens? The man says, or the spirit man says, I believe in God. And the natural man says, okay, I'll hook up the natural man with the spirit man and confess Jesus as Lord. What happens? His spirit is made new or born again. But from that spiritual place or the spiritual man being renewed, the Bible says that he now has access to everything that salvation provided in your physical health, in your wealth, in your mental health, in your protection, in your deliverance. That's all natural, but it was because the spirit man was made new. Are you tracking with me? So therefore, once again, in the old example of Adam and Eve, the spirit man was born again unto death, and then physical death came. With man, or in the new covenant, man says, with my spirit, I will receive Christ and become born again. And through that experience, it affects God. The natural man. Are you tracking me? Are we all on the same page? All right. Everything that I'm sharing with you is to the point or for the principle that we are spirit beings. And that's why God says, I want you to renew your mind or the mind of your spirit. This word, not only affection naturally, but at a first affects you spiritually. Amen? Okay. Now, with what we just shared with you, concerning the born-again experience of a Christian, the heart or the spirit man believed, but then God says, you've got to do something naturally, which is confess. Which brings me to principle number two when it comes to the born again man god says there's something significant about your words and without your words i can't do what i need to do in your physical life nor your spiritual life when adam and eve sinned what caused them to sin it began with their words right adam's or excuse me god said to adam and eve Don't eat of the fruit. But then the serpent came and says, now, is that what really God said? And then as a result of her opening up her mouth, it gave place to the temptation. See, God made us, made our spirit men to have a voice. And that voice has the ability to affect the natural man or the landscape of our world of our physical life and our spiritual life. So, in this principle of that God has made man a speaking spirit, there is power in the words in which we speak. Now, let me just give you a few verses to share with you what God says. Now, this is all Old Covenant. Okay, principle one, you are a spirit. The spirit man will affect the natural man. Principle number two, God made you a speaking spirit. All right? In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9, it says this, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. Whenever God wants to change your landscape, he will touch your mouth. All through the word of God in the Old Testament, we consistently see the word of God saying that God touched their mouths, that God gave them the words. When Moses says, I don't have eloquent speech, God says, I will touch your mouth, I'll give you the words to say. When Paul says, I'm not an eloquent speaker, God says, I'll give you the words to say, I'll touch your mouth. Right? And he's not necessarily talking the physical mouth. He's talking about the mouth of your spirit to speak from your heart. That's what happened when you got born again. You heard the message of the gospel. Faith came. God touched your mouth. You confessed Jesus as Lord. And now you're born again. Amen. The Bible says this. Over in Deuteronomy chapter eighteen verse eighteen, he says, "I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him." Isaiah six verse seven, he touched my mouth with his hand. Behold, this this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away from your sins. Or, taken away, and your sins are forgiven. Luke chapter twelve verse eleven. When you are brought before the synagogue, rulers and the authorities do not worry about uh, how to defend yourselves or what to say. Verse 12 says, For at that time the Holy Spirit will teach you what you should say. So, God says, I will touch your mouth and change your landscape. In the Old Covenant... In the Old Testament, we consistently see the power of words in the mouth of God's people. Do you remember David and Goliath? Goliath was consistently saying to the army of Israel, come on, just give me your champion. Whoever wins will serve the other. And they were petrified Because of the voice of the enemy. And a little boy by the name of David came. And said. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defiles the army of the living God? Is there not a cause? And he steps up. To the giant and says. Today. I'm going to feed your carcass to the birds. How in the world did this young boy stand before a giant with confidence? It's because God touched his mouth. It was because he knew God in that quiet place. And God showed him how to kill the bear, how to kill the lion. Here's just another giant. And I'm going to take your head. But it was his words That connected with his heart. Are you seeing what I'm sharing with you tonight? We are a speaking spirit. And the Bible says that God wants to touch our mouth. To put us over in this life. In the Old Testament. God consistently brought them into victory. And into a place of victory by telling them how to talk now in hebrews chapter 8 verses 5 through 7 it says who served the copy and shadow of the heavenly things as moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle for he said see that you make all these things according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch he is also the mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. So he's making reference to the covenant that God made in the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. He said it was a good it was a good covenant. It had good promises in it. But Jesus came. And you're going to have all that good stuff of the old covenant. He says, but now. We've got a better covenant. And it even has better promises. Everybody say better promises. He says, this new covenant. I've given you better promises. So. So in the new birth, in the new covenant, in the life of the believer, everything operates the same way as it did in the old covenant. We just now have a personal relationship with God and God says, it's better than it ever was. And you've got better promises in this place. Do you know what the promise was? He says you're going to receive salvation, he says, but now, here's the promise that I leave with you. I leave the Holy Spirit. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be your teacher. He's going to be your counselor. See, in the Old Testament, they did not have the Holy Spirit like we do in the New Covenant. The only people that interacted with the Holy Spirit was the king or the prophet. Jesus says, now listen, you've got all the promises of the old. You've got all those things that I established back then. But in the new covenant, the promise that I gave you, not only do you have eternal life, but you've got the Holy Spirit. And it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, you won't receive them. Come on, think about that. Jesus said, It's to your advantage that you learn who this Holy Spirit is because he'll be your helper, he'll be your teacher, he'll be your counselor. How many of you ever felt like you needed a counselor before? Dear God, I need somebody to talk to. (laughs) He's your helper. He's your teacher. He's your counselor. He said, it's better promises on this side. This new covenant, there's better promises. All right, so in John chapter 20, verse 22, the Bible says that Jesus came to his disciples and he, is, he, was, he was rose from the dead or he had raised. He appeared to his disciples. It says that when he came to them, he showed them his hands and he showed him his side. And then the Bible says that he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. What took place right then? They got born again. They received the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? The moment you ask Christ in your heart, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence. But then Jesus says something very perplexing. Not only did he say, receive the Holy Spirit, we see in Luke chapter 24, verse 29, Jesus said this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That promise is the promise of the Holy Spirit. So this really just blows our mind because all of a sudden we see Jesus breathing on them saying, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he turns right around and says, now go wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise. Well, I thought we just received the promise. Yeah, but there's more. There's more. Because it's to your advantage that you receive this promise. Well, I thought we're born again. Yes, you're born again. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you now. But there's more. Go wait for the promise. So they didn't know what they were going to receive. They didn't know what they were going to do. They just obeyed Jesus and went to Jerusalem and waited for this promise. Then in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which he had said, You have heard from me. And then he left. Now he says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He says, you're going to receive power. He says, in fact, you're going to receive power that you become witnesses of me everywhere that you go. Come on. Everywhere that you go, you're going to have power to be a witness. Well, what does that mean? My marriage can be a witness. My children can be a witness my life can be a witness. My, my, my money can be a witness. My health, everything about my life can be a witness because God has empowered me to be a witness. Right? But as they waited, the Bible says that something happened. The Bible says, as they waited, the Holy Spirit came And filled them once again. And they began to speak with other tongues. They received a prayer language or a spirit language, if you will. That was promised by God. And it was this new language that God said was coming. That would empower you to put you over in life. And you say, how is that? Because all through the word of God, we see that God said, you're a speaking spirit. I will touch your mouth and you'll change your landscape. In the New Testament, he says, now you've got a new birth. You've got the person and the help of the Holy Spirit. He says, but I'll touch your mouth again and I'll give you the ability to, to have a spirit language to communicate with me supernaturally that will put you over in life. Amen? Are you seeing what we're talking about tonight? All right. The Bible says that this outpouring of the Holy Spirit was for our advantage. And then if you have your Bibles, let's turn there. Turn to Jude verse 20. Jude is the last book before Revelation. Now, why is this significant? Because there are individuals that have come to a place in their walk with God and they're saying, God, I feel stuck. I feel like I can't get any further. I feel like there's barriers that I can't get over. I feel like there's something that is withstanding me, whether it's in my mind, whether it's in my physical body, whether it's my relationship with you. And God says, here's the thing that you're needing. Now, whether you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, And have a prayer language or not, or a spirit language, that's entirely up to you whether you desire it or not. That's not for me to pressure you. Whether you do or you don't, that's up to you. But one thing that I can tell you is that in in order for you to go to that next place with God, of knowing Him intimately, this is needed. To where you have the ability to communicate with him spirit to spirit. And notice what it says here in Jude 20. It says, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. He says, Building yourself up. Those words in the Greek are defined as dynamo or what it refers to is like a generator. What does a generator do? It empowers. It strengthens. It gives energy. I need some changes in my mind because, man, I just, I just don't think straight. I am consistently oppressed in my mind thinking thoughts, thinking about suicide, God says, if you'll build yourself up, it will affect the natural side of life. Think about it this way. You say, how does it work? How does praying in the Holy Spirit help me? It empowers you. It energizes you. It's not something that you have to get so rigid about. But in fact, for that matter, my son has a little remote control car. It has a rechargeable battery in it. You plug it into the wall. When you plug it in, it recharges itself, right? When I plug it in, I don't have to sit there and think, oh, dear God, I wonder if it's working. And stand there and stare at it all day long. And think, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. No. No. I just have faith to know that it's working. All day long, I don't have to get all formal in my prayer time. I can just pray talking to God in my prayer language all day long. And all day long, I'm getting stirred up. It's affecting my physical body. It's affecting my physical mind. It's affecting everything about my life because the Bible says that I'm building myself up when I pray that way. Why did God... Give it to you because he says you're a speaking spirit and I'll touch your mouth to change your landscape. He says it's supernatural. Now, I realize this is not something that everybody is familiar with. I know there's people in here that would probably say that's not how I was raised. That's fine. There'd be those that would say I was taught that it's not right. I don't believe that way, then I I want you to go home and find out why you don't believe that way. Because in order for you to have faith in something, the Bible says in Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you've got to have scripture to define what you believe. Go to Acts chapter Acts chapter two. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It says, And Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, to your children, And all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God, will call. He says, you'll receive the promise. What's the promise? To have the ability to receive a spirit language to communicate directly with God. Well, I thought it was done away with. Well, he said it was for you, to your children, and to all who are far off. So obviously... He's saying it's for anybody and everybody that wants it or desires it. And I'm telling you right now, there are things that you struggle with mentally, physically, spiritually. And having the ability to tap into the presence of God through prayer will put you over will take you to the next place, will cause you to have victory in those things that you've struggled with time in and time again. Amen? So, what's the best way to conclude? Just give people an opportunity to receive. You say, can I receive today? Absolutely. In the scripture, the Bible says that they laid hands on them and prayed for them and the anointing came upon them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. When I was in the Philippines, I was ministering to a prison. There was 52 inmates within this little canopy out out in the yard. 52 inmates and three prison guards. And... I ministered salvation. I think there was about 13 that gave their heart to Christ. And then at the end, I just says, you know, there's also something else that the, the Lord gives us, and that is this ability to pray with a new language. And my interpreter says, hey, we've never talked to him about this yet. I'm like, well, we already left the cat out of the bag. We might as well just keep talking to him about it. And so we just briefly shared about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, having the ability to pray with a spirit language that connects you directly to God. And then I just said, if anybody wants to receive, come on up here. All 52 inmates stood up. Well, I didn't have enough room across the front, so we just made a big circle. And so I had my translator, and I said, all right, let's go to the front of the line over here. And I said, okay. When they speak Filipino, I don't know whether they're speaking in tongues or whether they're speaking in their native language. I said, you're going to have to tell me. He says, okay. So I just said to him, I said, I'm going to lay my hands on you. When I do, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And you just begin to speak with other tongues. He said, "He repeated me. I said, okay. They said, okay. So I put my hands on him. I said, in the name of Jesus, be filled in Jesus' name. And they just took off. And I looked at my translator. He's like, yep. I'm like, okay. Went to the next one. In the name of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit. They took off. I looked over. He like yep. I'm like, okay. And we just kept on going down the line. All 52 inmates that were there, got filled with the Holy Spirit and the three prison guards. Here's the problem. They weren't educated enough to find out that Jesus took it away. Done away with it. That it didn't belong to them anymore. I'm being facetious. Right? So my point is this. You're no different than those that are in the... Philippines or in the church of Ephesus or the church of GVC God will help you experience him in an intimate way like never before and so if you want to receive tonight I just want to have the opportunity to pray with you you might say well what do I got to do we're just going to have you come up front in front of everybody why not we're family right amen so, why don't we all stand? We got any music, guys? Give me some praying music. Every time I pre- play this music, people just get. No, I'm just, <laughs> just joking. <laughs> Amen. So, if you're here tonight and you're saying, man, I've been waiting for you to teach on this, I'm hungry, I want more of God. You might say, I'm not even sure, but I want to receive. If you're here tonight and you say, I want just to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be able to pray that way. I want to be able to communicate with God that way. Will you join me up front? Amen. Praise the Lord. Just line up straight at me, right across the front. There you go. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to have you come right over here. Come right over here, Lisa. Amen. Thank you for being so bold to come up. It's an awesome thing. Now, here's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2. It says that the Holy Spirit... They, or it says that they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, oftentimes what people are thinking is that the Holy Spirit is going to take your mouth, take your tongue, and take your voice. And he don't do that. He just gives the unction from the inside. So what do you do? You have to move your lips, move your tongue, and give it voice. Now you're going to say, I think I'm just doing it. Well, who else do you think is doing it? It's you. (laughs) You might say, that sounds funny to me. Well, the question is, is, have you ever prayed in the heavenly language before? If you never have, then obviously it's going to sound a little funny to you. So don't be intimidated or bashful by it. Amen? Praise God. And so, what we're going to do is we're just going to pray. Now, here's one of the things that I encourage you to do as well. When I get to you, don't pray in English. Because you can't pray in English... And pray in a heavenly language at the same time. You can't speak two languages at once. All right? Okay. So, right now, let's just thank God that we're going to receive. Amen. Father, we thank you that these people have come forward. And they have the desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And so, God, we thank you that it's not a difficult thing. It's an easy thing. I thank you that all insecurity and all concern right now has to leave. And so we thank you that as we pray for these individuals, they will receive and be filled in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Praise God. So why don't you just lift a hand as though you're receiving for God, and I'm just going to pray for you, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, be filled now with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, oh, praise God! Now, just begin to open up your mouth, move your lips, and move your tongue. Sobregiefty, namez brekodora sobrandanski, namebre keso frandanski, e bolkasa abosom, gezoma. Give it, give it some voice, a little louder. Monze Sanda monze grifando boshte, zele bunganda mase, gimona mase. I see your mouth moving. I, let me hear you a little bit more. To God. thank you Father praise God amen now I know that might be foreign to some praise the Lord don't mean to bug anybody out but listen this is the word of God praise the Lord amen and the Bible says this that they were filled with the Holy Spirit one particular portion says that they were refilled so we continue to pray in our spirit language to keep ourselves engaged and charged. Amen? And so, just what you did this evening, you're going to probably go home, and you'll hear this little voice that says, do you really think you prayed with other tongues in a spirit language? That was just you. Guarantee you, that's more than likely the conversation that's going to happen, because the devil doesn't want you to know that God wanted to touch your mouth to empower you with the Holy Ghost to help you live the advantaged life. And so if he, he can talk you out of it, that's what he's going to try to do. So just stir it up. Oh, you think so, Mr. Devil? Well, let me just show you. <laughs> Amen. And the more you do it, the more you'll find it becomes commonplace. You might find that, man, I just got a little bit of, of a language right now. Well, you realize it just takes time, not time, but to give place to in your life. And it becomes more fluent, more free. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Congratulations, guys. Now, see, we've been waiting for some of these things because now, man, awesome things are on the horizon. Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, you can have a seat. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You all can have a seat for just a moment. Amen. 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 Now, I was thinking about this just because I I know that I've had different ones talk to me about these type of things. And and I remember one particular individual that says, you know, like going to one church, it seems as though they do it all the time throughout the service and everybody's doing it. You've got to understand that there are two different operations. There's the gift of the Spirit, which is tongues and interpretations, part of the gifts of the Spirit. But then there's this prayer language, which you just saw demonstrated now. The prayer language is something that you can do all the time, anytime, anywhere. You can do it out loud. You can do it under your breath. It's just something that God has given for you to communicate with. Now, again, if you've gone to a church and it seems like just everybody's praying in other tongues and it seems like everybody's, well, that's just because that church does church that way. Obviously, on a Sunday morning, you, you don't realize or you don't see all of us praying in other tongues. And, you know, again, just because they're just unsaved people that come to church. And so you want to connect with them and you don't want them to think, oh, dear God, you're one of those churches, you know. Once they get around, they're like, oh, those, those are normal people. But they're empowered and there's something different about their life. Well, it's because of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise God. So I know, again, that some are like, I don't know about this. Listen, it's not a deal breaker for me anyways. God bless you. I love you. And it's going to be a good year. Amen? Amen. If any of you got any questions afterwards, I'm free to answer questions. But well, praise God. Congratulations to those that were filled. Praise the Lord. Just keep it up. Keep praying. Amen. All right. God bless you.